As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. It's wonderful that so many of you are able to join our online services, which combine archive recordings of our choir and congregation with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons. For this reason, we shall continue to broadcast these services each Sunday, even though we've now resumed our 11am choral Eucharist in St Bride's itself. Not all of you are able to join us in person for reasons of distance or because you need to take particular care of your health, but we know that you are very much with us in spirit. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the Feast of St. Luke the Evangelist. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require, Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray.
Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, and grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 61, beginning at the first verse. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your ploughmen and your vinedressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord, men shall call you the ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 4, beginning at the seventh verse. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom ye received commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision. These only are my fellow workers under the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always labouring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and them in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas, greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea, and Nymphus, and the church which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfil it. A salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of body, and the life everlasting. Almighty God, who caused Luke the physician, whose praise is in the gospel, to be an evangelist and physician of the soul, may it please thee that by the wholesome medicines of the doctrines delivered by him, all the diseases of our souls may be healed. By the merits of thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee 
we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, the 18th of October, the Church commemorates one of its most well-known and best-loved saints, St. Luke. There's a very ancient tradition dating back to New Testament times that Luke was a medical man, and to see why, you need look no further than our second reading this evening, where Luke is described as the beloved physician. Although on this, his feast day, we remember him first and foremost as Luke the Evangelist, the author of one of the four Gospels. Interestingly, our collect this evening weaves these two themes together rather skillfully when it describes him as an evangelist and physician of the soul and speaks of the wholesome medicines of the doctrines delivered by him. And it is this association of themes that I'd like us to reflect upon this evening because it's a conflation that we also see in the ministry of Jesus, by which I mean this. Sometimes it can be surprisingly hard to distinguish between physical and spiritual healing in the Gospels, in that Jesus sometimes heals an individual's physical infirmity by proclaiming that the sick person's sins are forgiven. The clear implication being that physical health and spiritual health are completely intertwined. However, it is here that we enter potentially rather dangerous territory, as the link between the two has often been misconstrued. It's very easy to fall into the trap of drawing the facile and false conclusion that physical illness must therefore be a direct punishment for sinful behaviour. If you are ill, you must have done something to deserve it which is a notion that is abhorrent and rightly rejected. But having got that out of the way, there are other far more theologically coherent ways of looking at the connection, some of which chime in with the insights of modern medicine. For example, many in today's healthcare professions adopt a far more holistic understanding of the factors that lead to good health, recognizing that spiritual or emotional dis-ease of some kind can sometimes manifest itself in physical symptoms, just as ulcers can result from stress. But there are also some unexpected dimensions too and paradoxes within what constitutes true healing. In her extraordinary book, entitled, With the End in Mind, Dying, Death and Wisdom in an Age of Denial, the palliative care consultant, Catherine Mannix, describes case after case in which her terminally ill patients discover a quality of spiritual and emotional peace, tranquility, healing and hope in the final stages of their lives which one suspects may sometimes have eluded them in the days when, in purely physical terms, they were in perfect health. When we are physically fit, we can so easily take the gift of life and the gift of health for granted, so much so that we end up coasting through life without even thinking about it. Sometimes we need to slow down in order to be able to reflect more deeply. And sometimes the only thing that will force us to do that slowing down is the decline of our physical capabilities. It has often been observed that healing and cure are very different things. And it's certainly possible for a person to to be profoundly healed without actually being cured. I have seen for myself the kind of significant and life-changing healing that can be glimpsed in broken relationships that are miraculously restored, 
in a troubled soul, discovering a new sense of inner peace and at oneness with the world, and so on. During his own terminal illness, the Australian journalist and broadcaster Clive James wrote a poem called Landfall, which forms part of a collection of poetry entitled Sentenced to Life. In this poem, he contrasts the life that he had in the days when he was physically fit and active and enjoyed a life of constant travel and adulation that goes with celebrity, but which he now regards as marked by its superficiality. Contrasting that with his life as a person living with terminal cancer, for whom physical frailty had narrowed his horizons immeasurably, but whose quality of life in other ways has been transformed as a result. I shall leave you with the words of his poem, Landfall. Hard to believe now that I once was free from pills in heaps, blood tests, x-rays and scans, no pipes or tubes. At perfect liberty, I stained my diary with travel plans. The ticket paid for at the other end, I packed a hold all and went anywhere they asked me. One on whom you could depend to show up, I would cross the world by air and come down neatly in some crowded hall. I stood for a full hour to give my spiel. Here, I might talk back to a nuisance call, and that's my flight of eloquence. Unreal. But those years in the clear, how real were they when all the sirens in the signing queue who clutched their hearts at what I had to say were just dreams, even when the dream came true? I called it health, but never stopped to think it might have been a kind of weightlessness, that footloose feeling always on the brink of breakdown the false freedom of excess. Rarely at home in those days, I'm home now, where few will look at me with shining eyes, perhaps none ever did. And that was how the fantasy of young strength that now dies expressed itself. The face that smiled at mine out of the looking glass was seeing things. Today, I am restored by my decline and by the harsh awakening it brings. I was born weak and always have been weak. I came home and was taken into care, a cot case. But at long last, I can speak. I am here now, who was hardly ever there. Amen.
Let us pray. United in the company of all the faithful and looking for the coming of Christ's kingdom, let us offer our prayers to Almighty God, the source of all life and holiness. Merciful God, we pray for your church throughout the world. Strengthen all Christian people by your Holy Spirit, that we may live as a royal priesthood and holy nation, to the praise of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. We ask your blessing upon this Church of St. Bride, giving thanks for all who have kept alive the flame of faith here over many centuries. May this holy place continue to be a beacon of light and an oasis of peace for all who come. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the nations of the world and for those in positions of power and authority. We pray for our own government and parliament at this difficult time. Govern and to direct the hearts and minds of all those in public office, that they may exercise their authority wisely and well, mindful that their decisions impact most significantly upon those who are most vulnerable and in need of protection and support. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the gifts of your creation. In an age when human greed, wastefulness, and self-centered concern has caused such devastation to our planet, grant us the vision to hope for a different kind of future and the courage to act upon it. Open our eyes anew to the part that each one of us can play in slowing the forces of destruction that are at work and in honouring the beauty and the wonder of our wonderful planet. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. On this, the Feast of St. Luke, we pray for all who work in the medical profession, for all doctors, nurses and healthcare professionals for those who care for the sick and the suffering, for medical and scientific researchers, for those who strive to bring relief to those in pain, and for all who seek to bring light to those whose lives are in darkness. We pray for those who are in any kind of pain or distress this day. We remember the frail and the elderly. We pray for the patients in our hospitals for all who are living with the effects of coronavirus, especially those who have been struggling with its impact upon their health for many months, and for those who are now shielding at home. Bring courage and hope to all who suffer, especially those who feel alone or afraid or who have no one to care for them. Lord, in thy mercy, Hear our prayer. We pray for those who have died and for any who are dying now. We remember those whose year's mind falls at this time. And we pray for all who live with the pain of bereavement. Grant us all the courage to know that the life that awaits us in your presence cannot be a lesser life. And help us to know that those whom we love but see no longer are now held safe in your loving arms. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask for your protection and guidance. May your love surround us. May your wisdom inspire us. May your will direct us. May your strength sustain us. And may your holy angels guard, protect, and defend us in all that we do. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. <laughs>